Hey everybody, welcome back to the Active Dads Podcast. I am your host, Daniel. Joining me as always is my host, John. Co-host. Co-host, host, whatever, man. Just go on with your life, okay? <laughs> All right, peace on out. Have fun. <laughs> All right, so today um, we actually wanted to cover a topic that I covered at a leadership program that I taught um, not too long ago, or I didn't teach, I was one of the guest speakers for and as we talked about before, John is pretty heavily into the leadership program that is taught um, around here as far as employees trying to move up in the company. So whenever he teaches this, he likes to bring me in to talk about physical and nutritional health. And he also does a uh, mental yeah. health yeah. segment. Um, I think y'all were doing spiritual health when I first got there. Yeah, we hit on pretty much, uh, you know. Uh, vocational health, spiritual health, mental health, physical health. Yeah. Um, and so I wasn't the only speaker on um, yeah, we like had, physical and nutritional health. Y'all had a yoga instructor come in as well. We had a yoga instructor, and then Mr. David Goggins came, or David Goggins spoke um, about mental toughness and mental health. Yeah. <clears throat> it's always kind of a iffy one right there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He was very, very, very well-spoken that day. There you go. That's good. Very clean, well-spoken. <laughs> yep. Okay, so <clears throat> portion of the speech that I give, and obviously you're going to get the Cliff Notes version, not the entire version, but I also wanted to get John's input on this as well um, because he's been a pretty decent influence as to how I relay the information. Decent. Yeah, decent. I'll give you that one. <clears throat> I have so. a lot of flaws. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. Me too, but not so much on this side of things. Many other areas of my life, definitely. Yeah. But when it comes to this, I've kind of got everything squared away over the past couple of decades. But so um, the speech is basically the five rules for successful training. And I usually give the caveat, you know, this can be any type of training as far as endurance, strength, longevity, anything like that. I really... Whenever you get down to it, fitness is fitness. Whatever your individual goal is, build muscle mass, lose fat, all of that stuff, you're going off into like one little small side road of the big picture that is fitness. You know, I mean, the goal is to get healthier. Now, whether it's pushing towards athletic accomplishments or pushing towards just increasing your longevity or getting back what you lost, whatever, you're still within the realm of health and fitness mm -hmm. okay and you know i've talked a little bit about how those two have split over the years but i'm still a true believer that the two go hand in hand you can't be fit unless you're at first healthy right so number one is always going to be knowledge you can't figure you don't really know where you're going until you figure out where you're going oh yeah you know so with that you know as i've talked a lot before on here hiring a professional is a very easy road to take on that. You know, I mean, it's yeah. the preferred road to most people because they don't want to spend the decades that I've spent in textbooks and breaking down uh, kinetic energy movements, stuff like that. Yeah. So they hire me to teach them what they need to know, and then they go on about their life, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. very easy. But you don't always have to hire a coach. You know, you can get textbooks. There's plenty yeah. of, like, good reads out there that aren't yeah. textbook. You can get them off Amazon. But yeah. you can get a ton of information out of them. There's yeah. a bunch of great YouTube videos out there. They'll break down how the human body works as far as, you know, the actual movement of the joints, range of motion, pull or line of pull of the muscles to the physiology. Yeah. Excuse me. The internal workings. 
Oh yeah, I mean the physiology. Excuse me. I mean you really, and it's one of those things that I always tell people. You know, you have the you have the ability and the opportunity to get geeky with it, mm-hmm. um, to figure out you know a what what a what are you doing wrong, b what are your goals, and c what works best for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know it kind of goes back to our last podcast when we talked about cookie cutter programs because there's so many of those same people that don't have the knowledge that jump into those magazines and just totally. You know, they lose it in three weeks, and they're over it and done with it. Um, whereas you can really do a lot more knowledge. I mean, it's it's it amazes me how many people, um, when you say you know, uh, caloric deficit or calories in versus calories out, just look at you like you grew a third eye. Like that really matters. Yeah. You know, um, and, and that's one of the most basic things mm-hmm. when you're going into you know fat loss and and dieting exercising fat loss nutrition that you really need to know what you put in matters and just as much as what you put out yeah well the crazy part about it too is it's one of those concepts that seems so simple people don't believe it works yeah now i can't tell you how many clients i've had that come in here and say well i've only been eating you know 800 calories a day or i stay under a thousand calories a day and one of my biggest things is it's not possible for you to stay under a thousand calories a day and be overweight right it's not i mean we can talk about like you know metabolic damage we can talk about even broken metabolisms whatever but there's no way on this planet that a grown human being can eat 800 calories a day and not lose weight it is physically impossible Mm -hmm. but what happens is they eat 800 calories a day and then they'll eat 600 calories a day and then they'll eat you know six seven eight hundred calories the next day Mm -hmm. and then by saturday they are so starved and so deprived that they gorge and they don't talk about the gorge yeah i mean or i've had some clients that'll literally eat you know 26 2700 calories a day and think they only ate 800 calories oh yeah you know they're not tracking they're just you know kind of guessing they're eyeballing it and yeah unfortunately they haven't been in it long enough to be able to eyeball it yeah know? and generally that's like that and that's the conversation i always have they're like man i just i can't i can't seem to lose this weight and i'm like well you know well, what's your diet well it's good i mean i do i do what i normally what i always do and i'm like are you tracking i'm like yeah. if you're at this point like you're 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 in the struggle and you're not seeing what you're looking for, earthquake. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're in the struggle, so you're at that point where are you tracking? Are you, you know, are you journaling? Well, no. Well, maybe that's step one because you're struggling. I mean, maybe you're eating too much of what the good food that you think you're eating. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe. Well, not, not only that, it's are you tracking everything? Yeah. You know, sodas, those are calories. I think yeah. a can of uh, Coca Cola has like 120 calories yeah. in it. You know, it's all sugar. And I had one client who came in here drinking a protein shake on her way in the door. This was a very difficult client in the first place. I'm sure we'll get into that discussion later on. But she, like, came in the door drinking this. I mean, it was like a monster. It was like a 48-ounce or 48 ounce styrofoam cup protein shake. Oof. And she was trying the ketogenic diet. I'm like, oh, what kind of, like, what's in the shake? And then she told me, and uh, <clears throat> it was basically a banana, strawberry, and chocolate protein shake. I was like, oh, that's that's going to put you way over on your carbs right yeah. there. She's like, no, it's no-carb shake. I'm like, what? And I was talking to her, and the protein that they put in there was that no-carb gladiator protein. Yeah. Like, yeah, but you got chocolate and banana and strawberries ground up in there. All yeah. three of those have a high sugar content. Yeah. She looked at me like I just hit her with a baseball. She's like, oh, my God, I didn't know that. There's no way you didn't know that. Like, right. It's not artificial flavoring yeah. they put in there. I mean, they literally, it's the uh, Smoothie King right up here, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, they throw all that stuff in the blender, throw the protein on top of it, and then pour, you know, almond milk or whatever on top. Mm-hmm. Like you have to count that stuff too. If you're doing keto, unfortunately, fruit counts towards keto. Yeah, you know? that's why most keto folks it's leafy greens and meats. You yeah, know, really, you mm. rarely hear 
you rarely hear anything other than maybe some berries. Yeah, know? and I mean, you know, even if she wasn't keto, think about how many strawberries, banana, and chocolate oh, yeah. was thrown into that blender to make that shake taste good. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, even not being keto, she probably hit, you know, 200 grams of straight sugar right there oh, yeah. with the protein. Oh, man, I used, I used to, when I worked part-time at, a, at another facility, uh, another fitness facility, they had one of those, like, uh, smoothie machines, you know, that had, like, the, the buttons for the different syrups. Oh, you put the scoops God, of protein in, yeah. and it was, like, it had, like, the banana, da, 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 so you'd put in the code, and it'd do all the different. And, man, there were these, so... And then, of course, you had, like, the natural add-ins, like people would get a scoop of peanut butter, or people would get uh, two scoops of protein, or mm-hmm. even, or they had Oreo cookies up there, and the little cookie <laughs> Oreo cookie in there. And I, I can remember, like, I remember laughing internally at a lot of these people, because they would come in there and spend two hours, you know, and maybe do, you know, seven sets of something. <laughs> and then they would come out and be like, I want to get that, um, that chunky monkey, and it's I'm looking at the chunky monkey. I'm like, you really want the chunky monkey? Because chunky monkey's like two scoops, was like two or three scoops of whey, and then a scoop of peanut butter, and then this code for all those different like banana and somewhere else, something else, man. Oh. And they would get the extra large, you know. Gotta get all the protein, man. Oh my gosh! So by the time it was done, I mean they were walking out of there with like a sixteen hundred calorie, two thousand calorie <laughs> protein shake, and they just sure. you know, and I'm like. What's, what is what is your goal? Are you like trying to get huge and you're only, you know, four, right. seven? Yeah. And that's one of the scary parts about those mass gainer shakes too. You look yeah. at them, dude. They are full of fillers. And see, that's what that thing, or that's what they had a whole like category. And so they did like, like cornmeal and all that stuff right there with it? Or do you use yeah, like oatmeal or what it, was it? They had one that had like, they had like oats up there. Um, uh, it was just different purees and... Dude, this thing's so disgusting, man. It's pretty wild, man. Like, yeah, those purees, they are packed full of preservatives yeah, yeah, to where I mean, they have like a two-year shelf life. Yeah, it's like these bags you had to hook up. And, man, Ugh. I can just remember that. I was like, my God, that's a lot of calories. Yeah. 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 But, again, that comes with the knowledge, you know. You can learn a lot by trial and error, mm-hmm. or you can learn a lot pretty quickly yeah. by hanging out with somebody who knows. You know, yeah. and like with me, so – my beginning, I didn't start with a trainer. I didn't start by reading the books right off the bat. You know, I had uh, some great lifting instructors. Well, it started out in high school. Yeah. I had a good lifting coach my first year, and the year after that, he retired. And then our next lifting coach was not that great. But whenever I started hitting the gym when I got my license, I ran in, or uh, yeah, I kind of met a friend named Stout. His name was John Mueller. Mm-hmm. We always called him Stout. But he was a wealth of knowledge. He really was. And he's the one who got me started. Yeah. You know, he became my training partner. You know, I would lift with him five days a week. He taught me a lot about human movement that yeah. I still use to this day. I mean, he was a great, like, starting coach yeah. slash training partner for me. So it wasn't that I had to hire a professional. I just kind of fell in with a guy who was extremely knowledgeable who yeah. could take me on the right path, you know. And don't get me wrong, he had some silly training stuff as well, but I kept the good and tossed out the bad, just like it with everybody. Yeah. You know? So knowledge is definitely going to be the first step, and that's the first step with anything. You know, if you want to become a, you know, arborist, yeah. you have to learn how to become an arborist. You don't just uh-huh. jump into it with a chainsaw and a pair of shears. There's a lot of folks do it. I got these <laughs> drive around a look right now. <laughs> all those trees that, that should those be. Those right out here? All those trees that should be 30 feet, and they're like 10 and they just look like little arm, little cut off arms sticking up. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. That's what happens when you have people with no knowledge. That's true. But it gets the job done. 
The job is to get the limbs away from the wires so the limbs get away no, from no, the wires. No, no, we're talking about two different things now. Oh, I'm talking about right up here. No, like, we're have you seen this mess they made, right? Like literally 200 lot. feet from here? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was to put the camper in. Oh, is that what the... Okay, yeah, gotcha, yeah, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. I thought it was because they were on the power lines because they're laying right underneath the power yeah, lines. Yeah, no, they were back in the back. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, there's a difference in line clearance. Those guys are actually trained. Gotcha. Well, I would hope so. <laughs> Run chainsaws near high electricity wires. Yeah. I hope yeah, they have those, a lot of training for that. <laughs> those guys are pretty good. I mean, yep. you know, that's not the best. It's not the best looking stuff in the world, but that is what you have to work with. And that mm-hmm. just goes back to putting the trees in the right place to begin with. Yep. Knowledge. Knowledge. Mm-hmm. Very, very important. All right. So number one was knowledge. Number two is consistency. Now, I would actually argue that consistency is more important than knowledge. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I value both of them very highly. But there is one woman who I met uh, during my stint with the Hickory JCs. You know, mm-hmm. me and my wife joined that. We were looking for like a kind of an outreach, something, some type of activity we could do together, but also help out in the community. So I fell in with a uh, guy I used to train who was the president of the Hickory JCs. And I still train him, but he's no longer the president. And he told me to come in, check it out, you know, drink beer on Thursdays, hang out, and talk about public projects. They used to do the Oktoberfest. They did a lot of stuff around Hickory. So um, I met this woman through that. And, you know, she went on this weight loss journey. She was very overweight. Ended up losing 150 pounds, man, mm. at Planet Fitness. No trainer, no nothing. She set a goal. She's been training every single day. And I think we're two years into it, and she lost 150 pounds, man. That is a huge accomplishment. But, you know, I'm sure she gained some knowledge while she was going, but she was just consistent. She went in there five days a week, worked out. She was consistent with her diet, knocked off 150 pounds, still going strong. So consistency, I would argue, like, of course, you're going to gain the knowledge during your time in the gym being consistent. But if you could pick one or the other, I don't know which one I would go for. Yeah. I mean, if you can have all the knowledge in the world, if you're not consistent, you know, how many trainers do you see that are out of weight or out of shape? Yeah. You know, they become a trainer, they look great, and then they're a trainer six years later, and they're a little pudgy around the middle. Maybe the diet ain't there. Their consistency's completely gone. Oh, yeah. They have the knowledge. They just don't have the willpower to stay consistent anymore. I mean, that, I guess that probably works for me because I'm not the most knowledgeable, but I'm very consistent. Mm-hmm. So, But you work with a knowledgeable trainer. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean... Like I said, you ain't you're not right. really learning um, it, but you are using right. somebody else's That's knowledge. Kind of what I was getting yeah. At. yeah, and I would say you're pretty knowledgeable about. I mean, you're definitely smarter than the average bear. That's I'll true. give you that one. Yeah, true. The average smartest bear. <laughs> the average smartest bear. Yeah, yeah. So with that, you know, consistency. That's with everything as well. You know, like with jujitsu, you can become a black belt and then quit five years later you're going to resort back to like a blue or purple belt at best. And yeah, timing's going to be off. You're going to forget the technique. Same mm-hmm. thing with riding, you know. People always say, oh, it's just like riding a bike. That's an average saying. But yeah. if you're used to mountain biking at a competitive level oh, yeah. and you don't pick the bike up for five years, how do you think you're going to do in the next race? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's why yeah. I was here all the time, man. I used to go out when I was 15 years old and ride my bike from here to here to here and I never got tired. People. And now I can't even go right up a hill. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. right. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, consistency is probably the, I mean, I think that's probably where most people tend to struggle the most, obviously, is is with being consistent because they, you know, mm-hmm. either excuses come up or um, 
excuses come up or injuries happen, you know, things like that, and it just get completely derailed. I mean, yeah. and, and a lot of people let the most minim, the most minimalistic things derail health and wellness and nutrition sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, mean, I guess maybe. And then they're the ones that call people like me and and you and some of these other people sickos. Yeah. You guys are just a bunch of sickos. And I'm like, <laughs> thank you. I guess that workout really wasn't that hard, but okay. Yeah. You know? Well, I've been. I've been called obsessed mm. more times in my life than I can count. But yeah. to me, it's just who I am. You know, yeah. I mean, it may be an obsession to some people who don't understand it the way mm. I understand it. But to me, I'm like you, man. You get a hard workout in. Yeah, halfway through it, it sucks. You're yeah. dying. You are you just want to quit. You don't want to do any more reps. You don't want to think about what's next. You just want to quit. But after you've done all of the work that was scheduled for the day, you just have this innovation of, wow. You know, yeah. like I accomplished that. I mean, we, we got up Saturday morning and knocked out 20 miles. And Sunday morning I get up and I was like, man, I really do not feel like running for an hour and a half today. I just mm-hmm. ran three hours yesterday, you know. And and then the back thing happened and I was like, man, I really don't want to run for an hour and a half today, <laughs> but I'm going to go anyway. So I went and ran and, yeah. you know, ended up knocking out 10 and a half miles. Yeah. I can barely move now, but maybe yeah, find recovery week. But it's consistent, you know. I was just trying to the consistency, and then what's the other word I'm looking for? Starts with a D. Decency. No. Dedication. Is that it? Am I yes? It? Dedication. Yeah. yeah. So we had a big hoopla over, you know, like <clears throat> motivation versus dedication. They're the same thing. We're yeah. trying to look for the small differences in nomenclature. Yeah. It's all motivation. You yeah. can be motivated every day. Discipline. That's the D word I was looking for. Discipline. Same shit. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Know. I, I'm not. I'm not much of a motivational person, but I am a disciplined person. Okay. I don't need to be motivated. Motivated to be. Practice well, if you discipline. do it, you're obviously motivated to do it. No, it's no, just, I mean. Mm-mm. Okay. Some days I just, I'm there doing it. I don't want to be there doing it, but I'm that disciplined to do it. So you got motivated. No, I'm still unmotivated <laughs> while I'm doing it. All right, all right, moving I on. might get motivated yeah. halfway through when somebody picks up the pace, and I'm like, oh, now I'm motivated. But I was just being disciplined at first. Gotcha. Yeah, motivation's funny like that. Yeah, I hate motivation. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... I mean, that's an excellent example in a very roundabout way of getting there. (laughs) So consistency also, you know, y'all got that 100-mile run coming up, and it's easy to put it off and be like, oh, yeah, I can get the training in later. But you have to say consistent to a training plan. It isn't about the 100-miler. It's about the 20-miler on Saturday. It's about the hour-and-a-half run on Sunday. It's yeah. about every training session consistently building you towards that big goal. Yeah. You know, you could probably just go run a hundred miler if you needed to. Yeah. Say so if you're fresh and it's nice, flat, even, even easy trail, excuse me, for a hundred milers, you'd probably do that, but yeah. you're going to be sucking wind halfway through and it's going to be terrible when it's over. Mm-hmm. So right now y'all are training to get your bodies prepared to take the damage and not be that injured afterwards and not yeah. be that broken down afterwards, which is the smart game plan to do. Either that or yeah. just trying to work myself into quitting. 
Yeah. Basically. I mean, that's what you want to do anyways. You know? <laughs> I'm Push that fighting fire pace. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, but it's about following the plan, being consistent on the plan. That way, when that 100-miler comes up, you can knock it out and still have something left in the gas tank yeah. for the next week of work. But yeah. with that, your recovery has to be consistent, too. It ain't just about the training plan. Training plan has recovery weeks built in for a purpose. Yep. You know, I mean, it's like we talked about many times before. Whenever you're in full recovery mode, it's terrible mentally because you feel like you need to be doing something. You know, you got this big event looming over your head and you're programmed to sit on your ass or spend 45 minutes stretching. You're like, I could be doing something. I could be getting some hill sprints in. I could be doing some squats. I could be working on my core to make sure my low back don't give out during this run. You know, you always think about building, but you don't think about actually building through recovery. You're just looking at the training aspect of it. And I'm saying this from experience. I've been there many times, you know, the cut week for my last physique competition, I wanted to do nothing but lift heavy again. And I knew I couldn't do that. I was in a caloric deficit. I was running bone dry. So my energy was down. Yeah. I couldn't train hard if I wanted to. I had to do long, slow distance, mm-hmm. try to get off that last bit of water weight and try to get down to where I needed to be. But everything inside me was like, man, my biceps could be bigger for this. You know, maybe my shoulders aren't round out enough. I should just do some lateral raises. Yeah. I'll never know. That would be detrimental to my work. You know, yeah. I wouldn't look as hard. I'd go in looking puffy because I'd got that extra training session in and then the inflammation would kick in for the next following days, you know, yeah. day or two. To where my definition wouldn't shine through. So it's it's a delicate balance you have to stick with on that, but that's why you have the plan. That's why you lay out the plan, you know, built off of, number one, the knowledge, and then go with it and trust the system. Yeah, I mean, when I got up yesterday, I mean, I, I knew it, recovery week couldn't come quick enough. I mean, I was just beat to heck. Yeah. And then the back thing happened, and I was like, ugh. Yeah, that's a really good indicator that I'm. It's your body saying, "Hey, that recovery week's a good idea." Yeah, yeah. So it couldn't. It, it, it you know, I would prefer not to have to deal with that or be dealing with it, but it couldn't have come at a better time, I guess. Um, yeah. Well, you definitely don't want it to happen at the end of recovery week, right? You know, getting back on the training schedule. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. So that was number two, consistency. Number three is the easiest weight control plan that I've ever heard in my life. And I think I've mentioned it on here before, uh, famous words by Dan John is eat like an adult. That's 90% of the time when I give out nutritional information, that is why I give out eat like an adult, leave the cupcakes and the cookies and the ice cream and all that stuff to the kids. You know, tricks are for kids. Stay away from breakfast cereals. It's not your friend. So just, you know, if you had a third grade health class, then you know what you need to eat. Mm-hmm. Vegetables, fruits, lean meats. Stay, you know, kind of tolerate the grains. All grains are not bad. Right. And eating any grain daily is okay as long as it's in smaller portions. Yeah. You don't have to have grain with every dinner. You don't have to have carbs with every dinner. Carbs should be more... Uh, I guess fluid would be the right word, depending on your activity. Yeah, or programmed, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, your fats and your carbs are your fuels. You know, your fuel system goes up and down, just like when you drive your car. You don't use the same amount of gas every day. You know, I drive back and forth to work, and then I drive to the beach. 
even though I was just driving for a day, those are two complete different mileages. Those are two different mm-hmm. fuel burning. I don't know what to say on that. <clears throat> Stop like, and go versus go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's it. And you know, like if I you have, drive like a madman, if I'm running late for work, I'm going to burn a little bit extra gas sprinting on the way over here. So, yeah, I mean, like, you really have to look at your fuel source and your mm-hmm. gas tank as the gas tank on your car. If you're driving more miles, you're going to use more fuel. Yeah. Driving less miles, sitting your ass on the couch, you ain't going to be burning that much fuel. Yeah, I mean, I have I have lift days, and I have lift and run days, yep. and I have longer run days. So, it's all, it's all based on what I need for my performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's going to be across the board as well you know i mean you hear the argument that you should eat less on recovery days or you should eat more on recovery days it doesn't matter your body the closest that anybody or the closest to any study i've seen is your body's on a 72 hour cycle Mm -hmm. it isn't just on a 24 hour cycle so if you jack up your diet in day one you still got day two and day three usually some people process um fats proteins and carbs very differently as we've discussed before so you've usually got a couple of days to like make up the slack here yeah. or there, you know? So to me, it's eat consistently every day, figure yeah. out what your training needs or figure out what your average day is going to look like. Figure out your calories for that. If you need a little extra snack here and there. Nothing wrong with that, but don't, you know, eat more protein on your heavy lift days, yeah. less protein on your run days, more proteins, more carbs and fats on your run and lift days you know you kind of want normal across the board unless you feel like truly feel not just think "Ooh, i want something sweet i want a snack you know if you feel like you need that snack then go ahead and do it because your body has many different mechanisms to let you know what it needs you know your mouth gets dry when you're thirsty your stomach growls when you're hungry so i mean you can listen to your body and figure out what's going on if you lift heavier than normal a couple of days later, you're still feeling muscle soreness. Maybe your protein's not up to par. Yeah, you know, maybe your hydration is not where it needs to be. Maybe you're lacking electrolytes when you need them. So you really have to listen to your body to see how you're processing all of this stuff. Absolutely. So eat like an adult. Leave all the uh, kids snacks. You know, me. I've talked about it before. My biggest thing is Sour Patch Kids and Skittles. Yeah. You know, I got to leave those things alone, unless. Unless I don't. Yeah, it's been a good week, and I stopped by the convenience store on the way home. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, so eat like an adult. Earn your meals. Whatever you put in your body, make sure that you've done the work first. Know what you're doing. All right. Number four is probably the one that keeps people consistent uh, far easier than anything else. So number four is make it fun. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, the – what's the – I was to quote, the anticipation is worse than the task. Yeah. You know, if you're constantly just dreading going to the gym, it's like, I've got to do 45 minutes on the elliptical. This is going to be absolutely terrible. I don't want to do it. You know, putting on your shoes to go to work, on drive to work, 45 minutes on the elliptical. Do I really need to go to the gym today? Like, I've been pretty consistent the past couple of days. You know, yeah. I can just skip it today. Lunchtime, you pull out your chicken, broccoli, rice, whatever. You're like, Man, I got to hit the gym whenever I'm done here. Like, I kind of hope a meeting gets called up to where I don't have to go to the gym. Did I pick the kids up? Do I need to – is there something else I need to do? I think there's something else, an errand I need to run or something after work. You know, you'll talk yourself out of it because you're just dreading that time. Yeah. Maybe not do 45 minutes on the elliptical. Maybe grab a kettlebell. 
maybe join the jazzercising class in the activity room, you know, maybe yeah. do some uh, Zumba and stand in the back of the class like a smart man would, yeah. you know, I mean, whatever, just mix it up, make it fun, make it to where you don't dread the experience, but to where you enjoy going into the experience. Yeah. I had that, over the, I had that feeling over the weekend, like I said, mm-hmm. oh, I really dread this, man, I really dread this. Yeah. And I love running. I mean, that's why I do it. But, yeah. you know, you get to that point where discipline and consistency and, you know, constantly doing it and just being tired, you're like, man. So, you know, we generally make fun of each other while we're doing it that way, you know. Yeah. It's camaraderie. Yeah. That way it's it. fun or we blare some god-awful metal music. I've heard. For the whole green way to hear. Oh, I thought you were talking about lifting in here. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, we do it on the green way. So everybody mm-hmm. we pass either, you know, my God, what was that? You know? <laughs> yeah. But so, like, to me, you know, I've talked about before on here, I listen to audiobooks or a good podcast whenever I'm running. Yeah. You know, if you get a good Stephen King book, which there are very few bad ones, mm-hmm. you get a good Stephen King book, you'll get 24 hours worth of audio yeah. that's 24 hours worth of running to where I get to read a Stephen King book yeah. <laughs> I mean it's great to me <clears throat> um, first suggestion didn't get a lot of press time was Cell you yeah. ever read that book and I watched the movie though uh, I haven't seen the movie yet the so I can't comment on it or Cell no Cell I don't know I oh, it's uh, Stephen King's take on the zombie apocalypse oh yeah I haven't seen that very that. very interesting I'm telling you read that book it's okay. got four or five of my favorite all time quotes in that single book really yeah huh. I'll send you the quotes I can't mention them on here because there's some foul language but no it's an excellent book and it didn't get much airplay whatsoever I've probably read it five times in the past know, six years seven years it's been out for a while no yep but definitely check it out I think it's the only zombie book Stephen King ever wrote and it was an excellent take on it it really was alright so make it fun you know do whatever Um, one of the big things that actually got me more motivated to get outside more and start hiking more was three years ago one of our jiu-jitsu students invited me out to play disc golf yeah you know, and I didn't think about it as a workout whatsoever. You know, I mean, you look at the disc golf course over on Glen Hilton Park. That's probably what two mile walk, two and a half mile walk. Yeah, where is that? That's I don't know where that is. Anyways, it's a that disc golf course. <laughs> yes. Oh, Glen Hilton Park, I, the disc golf course. I don't. I mean, I'm only in Hickory when I do these podcasts. So <laughs> I don't get out very much. Anyways, it's a 24 basket course. And, yeah, I mean, there's a ton of walking in between. It's fun as can be to play. So, you know, I mean, it's just walking, but, you know, I've got a, probably a 20, 25-pound pack on if i got some water in my bag along yeah. with the discs and yeah. all that stuff. And you're just hiking, having a blast, you know. So that's one good way of getting out energy. Another one's walking dog. I take Zoe for a walk every yeah. day. I took a walk around the college earlier today. She had a blast with that. She's no, sniffing sure. some new spots. So I'm guessing there's some new dogs out there. Yeah, probably. I've they didn't have their lot. normal bathroom stops. Yeah, just do anything to make it fun. You know, take the family camping for the weekend. Camping Check out some fun. swimming holes, some hiking trails. Fishing. Yeah, get some fishing. Well, fishing is normally more of a lazy sport. No, not if you do it right. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're active doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
every time I've been fishing, I'm either in a canoe, on a boat, or sitting on the bank getting hammered. So we got different uh, fishing yeah, styles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're like wading, walking the creek, fly fishing, all that, right, yeah, you're gonna right, be pretty right, active. Yeah, yeah. Nah, I do it old hillbilly style. I mean, that's that happens on occasion too. I mean, I. I got my you gotta boat. get those carbs in. I mean, you're yeah. being active. I mean, I put my boat in the water. I might be just yeah. chilling. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's my style of fishing right there. Anchor yeah. out. Yeah. So I mean, you've got a ton of activities. You know, go play some pickup basketball at the local rec center or something. You've got a ton of activities. Um. So that was number four. Make it fun. Number five is strong thoughts make strong bodies. So with this, you know. You have to make yourself do it. You yeah. know, everything that we've talked about as far as getting knowledge, being consistent, eating like an adult, making it fun, it's all making yourself not check out the newest series on Netflix or scrolling on Facebook for 45 minutes a day. You know, I mean, yeah. you have to get yourself <clears throat> up to do that. So everything kind of starts with motivation before you get to the discipline stage of it, if we go back to that analogy. But yeah, just getting up and doing something, man. Like, just try to get off your ass. Like, I say it all the time. That's the hardest lift you can do is your ass off the couch. And that's going to be the best one to try to get everything started. Or out of the bed or, yeah. Yeah, just whichever. I mean, really, yeah, if you're doing it first thing in the morning, which that takes some mental willpower right there. Yeah, I mean, I get up. I get up at around 4, a little after 4 every morning. But then, you know, Saturdays and Sundays. Or those are my off days, at least from work, when mm. I would like to sleep in. But like right now, it's my body is very disciplined to wake up at about the <laughs> same time seven days a week right now. Yeah, um, you know it's <clears throat> still still hitting that still setting that alarm for Saturday and Sunday to roll out mm. to make sure I get up and get prepared for for the long run, <clears throat> which is you know picking up every week mm. in distance. So. And as it gets hotter, it's going to be get up earlier, get out the door earlier. Um, yeah, yeah, tempering is good, but it's not always good. All right. Yeah, you want those hot runs occasionally, but you can't do it all the time. You can't yeah. drink enough water to fight off dehydration. Preferably not on my long, long runs. I don't mind, you know, if I do like my, my five-miler after work or a seven- or eight-miler, I can handle that. But you start getting into those, you know, marathons and 30 miles an hour, or 30 miles and plus, Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, in the race, you're going to be running it anyway. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit cooler up there, though, because most of that trail, you're beside a creek, yeah. and that does change your temperature. And plus, you know, you get you step 20 feet off the track, you're going to lay down in the creek, cool down, hop up, of course, keep going. A couple of years ago, when I did it, it was like 86 to start at 10 a.m. Really? It was horrible. Oh, like, and it So it didn't start till 10. And we got up there like eight to get our tents and everything set up. Yeah. And it, you know. Are we talking about the Black Mountain? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Black Mountain. No, I ain't got the creek. I'm talking about the uh, Creeper Trail. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got that creek that goes down most of it. Yeah, I'll probably lay in that quite a bit. Oh, yeah. And it was nice and cool whenever we went, and they started us pretty early. I didn't run the Yeti. I rode the bike. I'm, you know, I'm a little worried about, you know, being accosted by Bigfoot once it gets dark. But I heard he's friendly. I hope so. Yeah, he'll encourage you. A little, little nervous Cheer about that. You on. Yeah, be fine. Yeah, your running partners are already starting that yeah. whole. Well, you know, if 
if one of us goes down or we gotta get separated and i'm just like it's not gonna happen push on yep we're, we're, we're just gonna keep going just remember you don't have to outrun yeti you just have to outrun whoever you're running with. I don't know. I'm trying to Sacrifice. outrun whoever I'm running with. <laughs> be the first person on record killed by Bigfoot. That'd be my luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe I deserve it. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, you know, sometimes my athletes come in here and I'll have them warm up with, you know, 100 bodyweight squats. You know, to most of them, whenever they come in, that's pretty tough on them. But after they've been training with me for a while, that's nothing. They'll knock out 100 bodyweight squats and get ready to go. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell them sometimes, you know, usually I try to get it in about once a month. I don't do it too often because I don't want to break their central nervous system down. Yeah. But I tell them, like, look, today's a grinder. Today you're going to give out. We're going to see how far you go until you do give out. Yeah. If you knock out the first set and you're fine, we're going heavier. We're going to find that place to where you have to go to the dark place inside your soul and make something happen. Yeah. You know, and those are great every now and then. Like I said, you do that every time you start making people dread coming to the gym. Oh yeah. So I don't let them know until they walk through the door. That way they can't call in sick that day. (laughs) I only had bad, like when I was training, I only had like, I'd be two sessions in and be like pulled to the side. Hey, you know, they're, they're kind of miserable. I'm like miserable. They've only trained. I only had two sessions. (laughs) Like, well, they're a little harder than See, they expected to yeah, be. Like, popped oh. on too quick, man. Like, jeez. And that's the thing about being a trainer that people don't understand. Yeah. Every time I talk to a new trainer or a potential trainer, they're like, oh, yeah, I trained this guy. He had trouble walking to his car. I'm like, well, how do you think he's going to feel when he gets to work tomorrow? Gets up, get a cup of coffee, and his knee gives out. Those are things you have to think about. I mean, I have to. you have to build people up, not just break them down. Oh, yeah. Somebody's supposed to be broken down. Send them to boot camp. Oh, yeah. you know, send them to the Marines boot camp. They're going to break them down every way they possibly can, make them cry. You know, that's not what they pay me for. They pay me to build them up. So um, we build them up, but every now and then, I got to build their mind up too. Mm-hmm. So I tell them, like, this is going to be a grinder. You know, you're going to want to quit, and I'm not going to let you. It's okay. Like, you know, you can scream, you can cuss, you can grunt, you can do whatever you want to do. Just keep moving. Yeah. You stop moving, we're going to switch up to something else that's going to be less resistance, but a lot more painful. Just don't make the noise meter go off. Oh, yeah. The lunk alarm. The lunk alarm. <laughs> Did I ever tell you my story with the lunk alarm? I didn't know the lunk alarm was real. <clears throat> oh, Plant Fitness? Is the lunk alarm real? real. Yeah, it is, yeah. really. But oh. it's not a sound sensor. <clears throat> oh. <clears throat> It's a little button they push up at the front desk. So basically, oh, somebody's they, calling you a lunk. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah oh. Like it basically, if you drop something and they hear it at the front desk, it's like a silent alarm that banks have underneath the desk. Yeah. They just push the button. That's what sets the lunk alarm off. So um, I first started training Plant Fitness because I trained at Gold's before it. Like they sold mm. Gold or Plant Fitness bought Gold's and just swapped it over, painted everything purple and black. Right. So we were in there working out, and I don't remember the first time I set it off. I set off first time. I was probably being a dick. I mean, I was like 17, 18 years old. I thought I was huge. But the second time I set it off, I had the bench set up on incline, right? So I'm on the incline bench, and I'm pressing like, you know, 40s, 45s, nothing crazy, like a medium weight. All of a sudden, the bench just gives out and goes flat. Like I've got these 40s or 45s like fully extended over my head, and then the bench just turns from incline to flat all of a sudden. Yeah. I about like knock myself unconscious, crush my skull under these dumbbells. As soon as it slammed down, it was like a two second pause to where I'm trying to like, you know, make sure nothing's broken. Like I still had, luckily, my clinch factor hit, yeah. and I kind of locked everything down. So when I hit, the dumbbells were well away from my face. I hear that lunk alarm go off, 
And I literally just snap up and stare at the front desk, and the manager's like just staring holes through me. I scream at him. I was cussing him. And he came over there like ready to kick me out. And I was like, look. And I'm just sitting there flapping his bench up and down. <laughs> I was like, I didn't drop weights. The bench dropped me while I was holding weights. And we got in this huge thing. And after that, he ended up apologizing. They ended up giving me like three free months or something uh, like that. Remember, pizza. Yeah, it's a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> but no, man. I, oh, I was so pissed. Because whenever it dropped... Like, I literally, I'm like, I've got 90 pounds in my hand. The bench just gave out. Like, I was yeah. freaking out for a second, you know? And as soon as I, he hit that lunk alarm, man, I just lost it. Like, it is not my fault. Y'all have crappy equipment, and you do not keep up the maintenance on them. Yeah. And, like, we had this whole thing, and then he looked, and he saw that the bench broke on me, and he apologized and all that stuff. And he was cool with me after that. But he's just one of those guys who just didn't like people lifting heavy in the plant fitness. And, you know, I lift heavy, but I was respectable, just like here. Yeah. I don't dump weights. I don't throw them above my head. I don't do any of that stuff. So he was cool with me after that. We kind of got some stuff out of the way. But, yeah, man, that just that irritated me so bad. <laughs> it really did. I'm getting hot just thinking about it because I'm sitting here thinking I literally could have crushed my entire face in because they didn't spend, you know, 30 minutes to go around make sure all the bolts were tight, make sure everything was in proper working order, you know. That yeah. irritates me to no end when people can't take time to look at the little things that mean a lot. You know, sorry, I know that's a rant, but that's something that still irritates me to this day. If you can't tell, yeah, I'm gonna be scared to do inclines. Don't be scared here because I check all the bolts weekly. I'll make sure everything's in proper working order in this gym. I did wear the short, the wrong shorts one day, and I was doing about the same thing. And I sat down and started to throw my weights up, and then I slid off the seat because my <laughs> shorts were too slick. <laughs> How do you slide off the seat? Why are you not driving through your toes? Because I hadn't started. I hadn't got that far yet. Uh, I was just starting, and I was like, oh. <laughs> well, good news is I'm going to be doing a video pretty soon about handling heavy dumbbells because oh, I see so many people get injured just getting them into the starting point. Yeah. I'm like, eh, somebody needs to do an instructional, show these people how to get them up, and then you see people like get kettlebells up to shoulder height. And it's like they're trying to break their back on the way up to shoulder height. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we're going to do a short video on that one as well. But the one with the dumbbells, it's it's very, very much needed for trainers and clients here. Yep. All right. So that's basically the five rules. <clears throat> um, we'll go over them real quick again. So five rules for successful training. Number one is knowledge. Then you have consistency. After that, eat like an adult. You know, like I said, nutrition is its own little black hole of everything you want it to be, basically. I mean, there's yeah. a Twinkie diet. There's a military diet. There's all kinds of crazy diets out there. There's a Twinkie diet? Yeah. Never heard about that? No, but I'm willing to try it. Oh, you should research that one. Well, I mean, it literally is just the calories in versus calories out. So you just there's eat Twinkies? Yeah. There was a guy, I think he was a nutritional major, that he was just going to prove a point. <clears throat> oh, yeah, maybe I did hear he about ate that. nothing but Twinkies for yeah. like two weeks, ended up losing like five or six pounds, mm -hmm. dropping his cholesterol, all kind of, of crazy stuff. Yeah. A bunch of teeth. And <laughs> no, actually had, I don't think he had any bad side effects. I think really? the one bad side effect he had was in the first couple of days, he experienced some very bad diarrhea because his body was trying to get used to processing all of that sugar at one time. But after that, it leveled out you know so are you endorsing the twinkie diet no, i'm endorsing that you do calories in calories out 
Because, I mean. Literally, that is the only nutritional guideline that has ever held merit. Every other diet is based on calories in versus calories out. And it doesn't matter which diet you do. If you eat more calories than you burn, it's completely useless. And that's one thing that is so stupidly simple, people can't sell it. So they have to manipulate it and put their own spin on it to show that they have the secret weapon against fat loss and all this other BS. And literally, it's calories in versus calories out. You know, I'm sure you saw the uh, documentary or, well, I say the documentary, the docudrama that was uh, Super Size Me. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, literally a year later, a guy did the exact same thing, except he wasn't a complete moron, and he ate salads occasionally and drank water and did um, exercises three days a week. It was called Fathead. Yeah. And this dude lost weight, lowered his cholesterol. He actually filmed himself going into the doctor's appointment. His doctor looked at him and was like, I know what you're doing, and I can't say that I agree with it. <laughs> but that guy ate McDonald's three days a week, came out healthier than ever before. Because he actually ate sandwiches, he ate salads, he drank water with his meals, he drank a Coke every now and then. Like he followed the basic guidelines yeah. that were put forth for the RDA. And you know, like RDA kind of has their merits. I kind of agree with some stuff, don't agree with other stuff. But the big thing is, was he watched his calories, he exercised three days a week, and he came out better because of it. But he was still eating McDonald's three days a week, or three times that. a day. Excuse me, not three days a week, three times a day. How many do the honey bun diet? Honey bun diet's good, man, for short stints. But, I mean, okay, let's, so let's think about it this way. So what's the number one thing people complain about when they go on the carnivore diet? Poop. Yeah. Like they have insane diarrhea for the first yeah. couple of days, so everybody adapts to it. The one complaint that the guy had on the Twinkie diet was bad diarrhea for the first couple of days till his body adapted to it. That was a sign. I mean, so it, does that mean the Twinkie diet is just as healthy as a carnivore diet? No. Maybe. You don't know. Longevity-wise, can't <laughs> Longevity-wise, no diet is great. If you're looking for longevity, everything comes in seasons. Oh, yeah. You know, Mark Sisson, one of the creators of the keto, or one of the modern, I don't know, what would you say, modern promoters yeah. of the ketogenic diet and the primal diet, yeah. he even does it in waves. He doesn't I mean, stay keto all year long. A teaspoon of sugar every other day or every day. Something like that. Something I don't like know. That. But he goes remember. in phases, you know, and that's what you have to do. You want your body to adapt to a diet, but after it gets adapted for so long, you stop seeing benefits. So you switch over to something else. I mean, I I did the whole vegan diet for a day and I had the screaming dues for <laughs> for about two days. So what's this green stuff? Get this out of here. Oh God, I could not. It's Is that like, spinach and kale? You can't eat those together. Oh my God, it was awful. <laughs> It's like you've been you've been yeah. to the restroom you you've walked by here like seven times I'm like huh, that's just the seven you know of <laughs> <laughs> do I look thinner <laughs> oh yeah but yeah so like I said I mean I'm a huge fan of most diets that are whole food based no, but no. all of them come in seasons you know I think the only diet you could truly stay on well no I won't even say that. So what I was going to say was the only diet you could truly stay on year round and be okay was paleo diet. Yeah. But you know, I never, I never did a strict paleo diet. I did a strict paleo. Yeah. I always did modified. Man, I'm not cutting out cheese. I'm sorry. I yeah. like cheese. Yeah, I cut it out, that's, and that's why I didn't last. I mean, what well, we were on it for quite a while. Right there's sustainability. That's one of the biggest things when it comes to diets. What can you consistently number yeah. two? What can you consistently do? You know, I mean, crash diets are crash diets. I don't care if it's the paleo, you know, they got the, uh, mm. uh, what's that version that got real popular last year? The Whole30. Yeah. 
you know, people were jumping on the whole 30 diet, which is basically paleo, yeah. but they were using it as a crash diet. How many people, you know, jump on keto just to lose that 12 pounds of water yeah. weight in a week? This guy. You know, yeah, whatever you do, if it's, if your intent is to lose the weight quick, then the weight's going to come back just as quick and oh, yeah. it may bring some of its buddies with it. Yeah. I mean, that's just how it goes. Like the ketogenic diet is awesome, but if you use it as a crash diet, you're going to hold more inflammation at the end than you did in the beginning because you're not giving it a chance to adapt. And then what happens after that? You've already built the habit of working all this extra fat into your diet. So whenever you throw the carbs back in there and then you keep the fat up because you're used to your bulletproof coffee or cooking with MCT oil or extra virgin olive oil, take your pick. Then you're getting all these extra calories that you're not accounting for when you stop counting and go back to your regular diet. So you get to add on the pounds through those extra calories. I've seen it time and time again, man. It drives me insane. It really yeah. does. Because people think they have this thing. Like like I mentioned before, I don't know if you ever heard of the military diet or not, but it's the craziest diet you've ever heard of. It has Vienna sausages. Um, it has ice cream in it and other stuff. But it's basically you eat, uh, forgive me, if, but the numbers are off. But like the first day you're eating 800 calories and then the second day you're eating like 700 calories and then you go back to 800 and then 700. So for five days, you're in a huge caloric deficit, which you always wait off of that because you're in a caloric deficit and like the meal choices are all jacked up. I mean, they're insane. But after that five days, the diet ends, you go right back to eating what you were, yeah. except now you're used to eating all this junk food because it was in your quotation marks diet. So you add on more weight afterwards. Oh yeah, it's oh, when yeah. I when I was I remember early on back when I got back into cycling. You know the whole Lance Armstrong's guide to cycling or whatever. You know he had a whole. Did he have the EPO in there? No, no, no <laughs> that no, wasn't no, in the diet. No EPO. Ah, that's fake. But ice cream parfaits were. Um, of course they were. And dude, I got. I mean, it was awful. I mean, I, I was. I'm doing this, you know, <laughs> and I was just a bloated messed up oh my god it was horrible oh, yeah. not like, to mention riding a bike have during all, that have all this pasta and then have a ice cream parfait oh. or a sunday and i'm just like i was oh it was terrible it was horrible or tums mixed in that diet yeah oh man it was <laughs> a little bad. sodium bicarbonate like, to settle yeah. things down and get out on a road race and all of a sudden you're 20 miles in out in the middle of the country of south carolina getting some weight reduction like, <laughs> oh god you know and you're pulling off in the middle of a race to run yeah. into the woods <laughs> and you come out and everybody's gone and you don't know where to go because oh. everybody's gone. <laughs> All the team cars have gone by. I mean, <laughs> so you just start kind of pedaling around, hoping to God you find your way back, yeah. you know. Then as you go, you pass the other people who are on the same diet coming out of the woods. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody wanted to wait that day. Yeah, and that's another unfortunate thing, too, is you get these celebrities behind these ridiculous diets. And then, you know, their fan base loves them to death. You know, like we talked about with uh, Ryan uh, yeah, Reynolds Ryan Reynolds' diet from Blade, you know. Like I said, I never got in on that. I did the training portion of it, not the diet portion of it. But think about how many other people are like, man, I want to look like Ryan Reynolds. I'm eating this. Yeah. You could have whatever you want to in there. You say that he ate it during Blade Trinity, mm -hmm. other people going to eat it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was freaking eating oatmeal at 5 a.m. Yeah. Or well, I mean, oatmeal, that one, but I was eating applesauce yeah. and egg whites at 5 a.m. Yeah, well, I mean, that's not entirely crazy, but whenever that's you got people but... like Julian Michaels in there and like yeah. the stuff that she did on The Biggest Loser where she just broke people's metabolisms, broke their bodies down, destroyed knees, destroyed feet, 
yeah. all of that stuff. People watch that and they think, oh, well, Julia Michaels, she's a famous trainer. She knows what she's doing. Right. Look, I'll go ahead and tell you, if you're out there, you're looking for fat loss, don't come to me because I ain't screaming at nobody. <laughs> I ain't, I'm not going to get in your face. I'm not going to scream at you. That's just not who I am. There's some other people down the road that will do that for you. I'll be happy to introduce you to them. But that ain't me. So, Man. yeah. No. I. So, I have yelled at a couple people during a heavy lift, but it's always been motivational. Oh, yeah. Motivational. Motivational. Yeah, that word. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, I like, I'll get excited with people whenever I want them excited. You know, if somebody's at the bottom of a 100-pound goblet squat and it's taking them, you know, eight seconds to fight their way up, I'm going to be yelling at them for or six or seven of them. They're sub, sub seven-minute 2,000-meter row. Yeah. Yeah, whenever you did the seventh or the 2000 meter road challenge yeah. i was yelling at you too yeah but it's because i was with you i wanted oh, you yeah. to know like i'm excited for you let's keep doing this keep yeah. going don't you throw know? up yeah don't throw up yeah so there are definitely times for doing that but yeah like i said i'm not gonna be getting anybody's face screaming and make them feel bad about themselves so they'll push harder until their knee gives out you don't eat that fruit newton yeah yeah. Dude, that's we could do an entire podcast on the terrible things they did to those people on that show. <clears throat> I remember I only watched like one episode all the way through and it was basically they took all these people, you know, and all of them are morbidly obese. Mm-hmm. They're not just trying to lose a little bit of weight. You know, I mean they put them on this huge scale and it's it's the gross thing you ever saw. At like the end of every episode or the end of the episode that I watched, they put them on the scale that was literally like a cattle scale. You know, I mean, they had all of them stand on there at mm-hmm. once to show the overall pounds lost. Mm-hmm. But during the episode, they had this table in the middle that had donuts and cupcakes and cookies and all that stuff. And then they had, I think, 20 participants on treadmills that are aimed towards this table. And Julie Michaels is going around yelling at all of them to get off and go get a snack and all this other stuff. I'm like, it's just torture. Yeah. You know, there's zero point in this. I'd have so, walked my butt over there and got a donut and got back oh, on a trip. Oh, I'd have went through her <laughs> to do it. Yeah. yeah, but no, I mean, there's no reason to treat anybody like that, especially somebody trying to better themselves. And no, they don't do reunion shows because everybody on that show went back to their old ways of eating. No, you I can't ain't. put somebody through a boot camp like that and not get them adjusted to a healthy diet that's sustainable for them. Oh, yeah, no, you know? they tortured and... No, I'd I'd never do that. And there's a ton of martial arts camps out there that do that as well. Jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, many other place or many other places, to where the instructor's just yelling at them, beating the hell out of them. I'm not doing that. Yeah. No, right. you want to teach me something? You can teach me something in a better way than yelling at me and screaming at me, cussing all that stuff. I'm just gonna walk out. Oh, yeah. I'm not doing it. Yeah. All right. So that was the five rules to successful training. Anything yeah. to add? No. I think that's pretty much successful. You're so easy to get along with sometimes. <laughs> it's on <one> days. <laughs> Something about Mondays. All right. So hopefully, you know, John will actually join in on the next podcast with some motivation or discipline or something. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you very much. And hopefully we'll be talking to you soon. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. That way you get updated whenever the new episodes come out. Thank you very much. Have a good week. Later.